Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Nets and Sixers get the hardened deal done with Ben Simmons. Locked On has you covered on the trade deadline. And what does former Super Bowl champion Marshall Falk think about Super Bowl 56? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Yes, the Super Bowl is going on, but the NBA does not wait for the drama. Ben Simmons and James Harden, the long-rumored trade has gone down just ahead of the deadline. Joining me now from Locked On Nets, Adam Armbrecht. And Adam, this is as blockbustery as blockbuster gets. If you're the Nets, what is the goal of a move like this? Uh, to still compete for a championship this year and to also extend the window of competing for championships beyond this season. They move off of, obviously, a disgruntled player in James Harden. They bring in a disgruntled player, but also significantly younger, Ben Simmons. And ideally, you have an opportunity here to reconfigure your team a little bit, still play at a very high level, balance yourself offensively and defensively, and compete for a championship this year and for multiple seasons beyond it. What is the fit? Because it wasn't just Ben Simmons that they got in this deal. They also got Seth Curry to add some shooting to this lineup. So in terms of the basketball part of this, let's say they can get Ben Simmons up to speed in the next month or so. What changes for how the Nets play and, and what their ultimate upside is? Yeah, so Seth Curry obviously brings in the the insurance policy around Joe Harris and whether or not he's going to be available for you. You increase the number of perimeter shooters you have on the roster. And in Ben Simmons... and. Uh, you, you give yourself someone who is a ball handler, who is a facilitator. He also happens to be one of the best defenders in the game when he's on the court as well. So you suddenly create a lot of switchability on the defensive end, a lot of good matchups, plus matchups for Brooklyn when it comes to playoff time, and then even extending it to what feels like a throw-in piece in Drummond. Physical player, rebounder. The thing that the Nets have lacked is size and a little bit of that intimidation factor when it comes to the paint. But the, the crown jewel being Ben Simmons, the impact that he'll have, we all talk about his defensive game. Offensively, that two-man game with Kevin Durant, pick and rolls, rolling to the basket, rolling and passing out of the paint, all these things start to open up in a very different and unique way for Brooklyn that should present a more balanced brand of basketball. Yeah, even if he just sits in the dunker spot when you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to break down the defense, like he can still be really valuable doing that. And guess what? He has the ability, right? He can put the ball through the hoop. And that's certainly something that the Nets are going to look to do. I, I think the ramp-up period is obviously going to be a TBD scenario for him. But once he's on the court, arguably, both ways in this trade, by the way, better fit for Ben Simmons probably with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the Brooklyn Nets. Probably a better tandem with Embiid and James Harden, right? So whatever you think the surface that has not been scratched on Ben Simmons, you're going to see a player, and really two players, that don't create animosity or dictate terms to their teammates on the court. They make the best basketball plays and put teammates in really good positions to succeed. Ben Simmons is going to be surrounded with that now. What, what do you think changes about the upside and their, and their chances to compete in the East? Because you're sending a player in James Harden who is still good for whatever diminished version of him we've seen this season to a contender in the East. Milwaukee, when they have all their guys, has shown including a recent beatdown of the Lakers with their dudes, that they are really dangerous. So how does it affect the way that you see Brooklyn matching up with those top teams? 
Yeah, probably the one holdover from this entire process from a Brooklyn Nets perspective. A lot of young players have been getting minutes. Kessler Edwards still remains a component of this. So now when you slot everyone back into what their ideal roles are supposed to be. You stop putting pressure on DeAndre Bembry to be a shooter. He can just be a slasher and a defensive player. Now when you get into those playoff matchups, you sick Ben Simmons on the best offensive weapon for the opposition. And that extends from the best point guard you know, on a given team all the way up to Giannis for situational basketball. Doesn't mean he's going to shut him down eight days a week, but it means it takes the lift and pressure off of Kevin Durant, off of Nicholas Claxton if he remains on this roster, off of LaMarcus Aldridge, who's not in his athletic prime anymore. Everyone gets to get back into their niches and their pockets and play at the best level to their skills. And Ben Simmons affords you to do all of these things off and around him. The best benefit that the Nets received here is balance and depth in executing this trade with Philadelphia. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. The Locked On NBA trade deadline show was all over the latest. As it happens, we give you a taste of the coverage coming up next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The NFL Awards are in. Offensive Rookie of the Year goes to Jamar Chase, who's going to have a chance to become a Super Bowl champion on Sunday. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Micah Parsons from the Cowboys. Comeback Player of the Year, Joe Burrow, who will likewise have a chance at a chip. Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt. Coach of the Year, Mike Vrabel. Offensive Player of the Year goes to Cooper Cup, who has a chance at a Super Bowl title. MVP goes to Aaron Rodgers, who does not, which continues the streak of MVPs who fail to win a title. And the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award goes to Andrew Whitworth, who, stop me if you've heard this before, will have a chance to win the Lombardi Trophy. The SEC just keeps on winning. The conference announced on Thursday that the revenue rose by $120 million to almost $780 million for the 2020-2021 fiscal year. That means each member school will get almost $55 million. The total distribution is made up of revenue generated from television contracts, postseason football games, the SEC championship game in football, the conference men's basketball tournament, NCAA championships, and supplemental surplus distribution. So that's why Oklahoma and Texas are escaping the Big 12 to play in a much tougher conference. It is, as usual, all about the money. The Islanders got an easy road victory over the Canucks. Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders here. Islanders down the Canucks 6-3 to to start their four-game road trip off on the right foot. And the beautiful thing for the Islanders, this game was won in the first few minutes of the game. They scored three goals in a 31-second span. That is the second fastest three goals in franchise history and really took control early. And part of the reason for the team's success, Barry Trotz juggling his lines, putting together some combinations that really don't make sense long-term, but they basically made everybody understand the urgency of the situation. And that urgency is something the Islanders had been lacking in recent games, especially their sloppy performance before the All-Star break in their three nothing loss to Seattle. So the Islanders came at it, Got off to a good start, stumbled a little bit, took their foot off the gas, but rebounded well midway through the third period to once again take control and skate away with an important win as they start this road trip. And Pac-Man Jones gave Luke Braun locked on Vikings his pick for the Super Bowl. Pac, who's going to win the Super Bowl? 
I think I know your answer. Bengals. Bengals? Score, give me one. 21-17. 21-17. And uh, MVP, and you can't say Joe Burrow. MVP. Uh, McPherson. Ooh, let's go. Yeah. You're a special teamer at heart. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Big special teamer. Here's what to look for coming up on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your football action this season. Here is a couple Bet Online lines for the weekend slate. John Rahm is favored to win the Waste Management Open this weekend. Bet Online has his odds at 5 to 1. Just behind him, Justin Thomas at 8 to 1, Brooks Kepka and Patrick Cantlay at 11 to 1. Hideki Matsuyama and Xander Schauffele at 14 to 1. And Luke Braun is with Icky Woods for his Bet Online prop bet. At Bet Online, there is a prop whether or not the Icky Shuffle will be done at the Super Bowl. I believe it's even odds. Should they should we take the prop? Hell yeah, no. <laughs> for all your sports and news, Bet Online has you covered. Bet Online where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. John Corrales from Locked On Celtics and Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball gave their thoughts on the effects of yesterday's trade deadline's moves on the standings. Imagine this situation. Philadelphia 76ers right now, two and a half games out of first. They get James Harden. They take off. They go up to like the three seed. And the Brooklyn Nets, five and a half games out of first. They struggle for a while. And then they get together. They move up to the six seed. You have the potential here for the three six to be Philly Brooklyn in the first round. Imagine that happening. Yeah, I, I well, I think both these teams are going to jump up, and that, that could be a really likely situation. Um, but you know, we're, we're talking about this year. Like the Sixers are only two games behind the Bucks. Like it's not. Yeah, that that's from the two seed. Like it's not. It's not that spread out. It's not. Well, you know, to use a fancy, it's not that striated throughout the Eastern Conference standings. But uh, to me, how you feel, John? I, I think the Sixers of the team is probably going to move up the standings the most. Again, they traded Seth Curry for James Harden. Like in terms of the playing personnel that they have at the moment, that's the upgrade they made. It's huge. It's a gigantic move up. Look, the Kings will maybe move up. They probably will move up a little bit this year, but is it consequential? I doubt it. The Nets, do they move up? Is Simmons getting Simmons and Curry for Harden? an upgrade i i don't i'm not sure i think they improve a little bit but probably not as much as philadelphia and i think most of the other moves like they're not they're not gigantic ones like does dallas improve from trading away an injured porzingis for an ineffectual spencer dinwiddie i don't think so does washington get better because getting this deal i i, I don't think so maybe toronto's the other one that could step up just getting someone capable on the bench so that nick nurse doesn't have to play his starters 52 minutes every game that would be helpful um, they would have would have been good to get themselves someone who was more guard or wing sized, I guess, rather than every single player being a forward or center that comes off their bench. One team was curiously silent on deadline day. Why didn't the LA Lakers do anything? So the Lakers, I always saw once you made that Russell Westbrook trade, this was the team and this is the team. And so maybe they can find a way to add somebody in the buyout market, but there is almost no one unless somehow Goran Dragic is, is, you know, he will be bought out, but the, if he looks at the Lakers and says, that's my best chance um, to win a title, then, then maybe that could be an impact guy. But if the Lakers are going to be counting on the buyout market, the buyout market rarely gives anybody of any major impact. Dragic could be the exception this time around but I don't think the Lakers are even in the mix. And we're, we're looking at other teams. 
I mean, I would rather go to Miami if I was him. I'd rather go to one of these other Eastern teams if I was him to to kind of uh, make make the run to to a, a ring to chase a ring. So I think this is it. I think the Lakers are the Lakers right now. They made a big big gamble, high high risk move for Westbrook. There was the potential for a high reward, but there's also this huge risk for it all falling apart, and that's that's how it went down. They and, and unless unless Westbrook comes out of this deadline with some sort of renewed kind of he, you know at, being at ease, he has had a tendency in the past to kind of play better in the second half, but also in the second half where he has played better, the teams have made moves to clear the path for him. When Houston made their move to clear Clint Capella, when they made their trade with Atlanta a few years ago, that was a move that that got Westbrook a ton of open space to drive and everything like that. The, the Lakers didn't do anything. The the problems are still there. So this I don't expect history to repeat itself there because the Lakers couldn't do anything to allow Westbrook any more freedom. This is who they are. And unless there's some internal kind of like turnaround, us against the world kind of thing, and they find something within themselves, the Lakers are going to be the Lakers, and, and we can see them just kind of like fading away. Coming up, Marshall Falk gave his two cents about the Super Bowl between his former team and the Cincinnati Bengals. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on my New Year's resolutions. You might be like me, but I am trying to eat better, and Built Bar is making it easier to do. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out. I tried them. They are spectacular. They have protein-infused marshmallow. I mean, what else do I need to even say? Fluffy, marshmallowy, and of course, covered in 100% chocolate, but they are healthy. They are low in calorie, low in net carbs, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. They are the perfect food, basically. I mean, let's just be honest. You want something that's healthy? The taste delicious. That's it. That's what Built Bar is. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away, absolutely blown away by what you'll find in these bars considering the way that they taste. And right now, when you go to Built.com, when you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. We are here in L.A., Radio Row for Super Bowl 56, Rams and Bengals. I'm here, former Super Bowl champion Marshall Falk. And Marshall, when you when you look at the way the NFL is now versus when you played, the running back position is is been, I don't want to say marginalized, but, but it's not the same as it was. But at the same time, you got to be able to do more, which was your thing. So when you look at it, are you going, hey, this would be fun? Or what, what is your your perception of how the well, league has changed? Well, no, nah, I mean, you guys have been, they, they show you guys the shiny object and, and, and you buy into it. <laughs> Passing league, they, they're giving quarterbacks 300 million, you know, and you're like, oh my God, like you have to do this. But just pay attention to when you get to the playoffs and you start asking guys, as you're going to ask me, like, hey, what are some of the keys to the game? They're going to tell you, the team that run the ball the best. <laughs> You know, when you think about Green Bay, San Francisco, Green Bay couldn't run the football. Right. Or if they could have ran the football, they controlled the clock, that game would have been over. Rams 49ers, 49ers couldn't run the football. The Rams could. When the games matter, it's controlling the line of scrimmage and running the football. So I'll, I'll buy into it. I'll buy into it. 
I'll buy into it. Last year, Tom Brady had a great game, but Leonard Fournette, they ran the ball. They dominated the line of scrimmage. So pay attention to it. We 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 are we are relevant, although they try to, you know, maybe find two or three guys to get the job done, and they might not be a guy that's a you know a showcase piece. But running the football is a huge part of this game, and you have to control the clock. I, I know that that you still go are, are back and forth with St. Louis. I believe you have, you have, a, you have a place there. Yeah, yeah. What is your perception of how the St. Louis fans perceive this? Rams team because they're in LA now. I mean, there's some people whom uh, whom still follow the Rams, and there's some people who don't. You know, and it's it's it, uh, it's um, <laughs> to each their own. You know, and I, I don't have anything to say about them. But there's people that are like Marshall. I'm like, your fan, but I don't. I'm not a Rams fan. They, they get to make their own decisions. But um, for the, for those fans that I know whom uh, are are still Ram fans that are in St. Louis, I mean, they're happy. They're excited, and I think that and I think that they look at it from the perspective of, well, we. We got them from L.A. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it is the dynamic of, of you got the team from L.A. And so um, how can you have the ill feelings when the shoe was on the other foot not too long ago? Joe Burrow's rise this season has been meteoric. Uh, but this has been kind of who he has been as a personality his whole his whole life. I, when, when I try to think of the guys in, in the 90s, early 2000s who were playing. Is there a name comes to mind? You're like, yeah, that guy, he kind of reminds me of that guy. You know what, man? He's, I, I think you have to go back a little further when you start to think about, like, how he's carrying himself um, and and the the confidence that he has. I just, you know, he it's like he reminds me of a Marino, a Montana, you know, a Joe Namath. Mm-hmm. Like, he's that kind of, he has that kind of aura about him. Um, and I and I and I think Joe Montana and 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 Joe Namath, you know, more than just some average Joes who who have played quarterback, you know, he has he has that kind of appeal to him. Did you ever play with someone that had that just that it factor that you just, everyone just sort of gravitated to that guy? That it, you know it. Oh man, you know Peyton had it. Peyton definitely had it. Um, Kurt work. You know Kurt's work habits and and who he was as a person. He had it, but I, I think what you see in Joe is uh, it's a whole different appeal. Like most young guys, you see him show up with a chain and glasses. <laughs> you know they're going to have a bad game. To him, it's like, what are you talking about? I get sacked nine times and still win. Like, what? <laughs> and finally, should the Cincinnati Bengals win their first Super Bowl title, one of their players has pledged a bit of a different celebration. During Thursday's media availability, Bengals tight end C.J. Uzama said he would take a bath in Cincinnati-style chili if they get the Lombardi. Considering I am not a big fan of Cincinnati-style chili, I think that is pretty much the only acceptable use for it. I'm sorry, Cincinnati fans, if you hate me for that one. Coming up Monday, we react to the Super Bowl. Ever heard of it? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.